Here on the podcast called We of Little Faith, we discuss real issues, our words lacking grace. The episode I long for with patience and glee, introduced over music that is royalty free. A half-assed belief for which we'll never settle, so sit down after putting on the kettle. To the airwaves we take into your ears entice, to the topic we'll discuss over lovely pints. Lovely pints. What? Lovely pints. Creamy pints. Lovely pints. What are you having yourself? It's Grandma driving home. We discuss metaphysics like hell and heaven. Infrared me this song like it's 2007. Interviewing Jesus post resurrection after making this song on a Sony Ericsson. Take it away, music DJ. Welcome back. It's the Wee Little Faith podcast. How about that for some intro music, man? <laughs> that was made by my friend Donald, who happens to be the guest for this podcast. He offered to make a rap to go with my royalty free music, and man, I don't know. I think myself, that's pretty litty. <laughs> How's this flow? Let me know. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Wee Little Faith podcast. My name is Brona, and as that podcast <laughs> intro suggested, um, there's a podcast where we talk about faith what it looks like in people's lives and what it could mean for our world today. So, before we start this podcast, put on your cup of tea, you know, pour yourself a creamy pint, whatever it takes to get you in the mood to listen to this podcast. Um, Yes, welcome. For the past couple of episodes, I've been by myself just chatting absolute shite about stuff that I think. Um, and that's not really what I wanted for this podcast. What I wanted for this podcast was to have conversations with people about their experience of faith. Um, So yeah, we are getting back to that today. I'm very excited. Um, I had a Skype interview slash conversation with my friend Donal and it's a really good one. I hope you enjoy it. Um, to be honest, the past couple of times I felt like some kind of bad boyfriend who's like, no babe, I swear it's going to be different next time. I'll change. But look, it is different this time. I have changed. So stick with me, <laughs> please. Um, yes. Uh, Donal is a good friend of mine. I'm so glad he came on the podcast. Um, his approach to faith is very logical and rational. Um, and as you can see in what he talks about, uh, he's very interested in the arguments for faith and the logical reasoning behind them. Um, and talks about people like Aquinas and you know the new atheists like Sam Harris. So yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and what this podcast is all about is highlighting people's different approaches towards faith. Um, and the multitude of different experiences you can have. Um, within a life of faith so yeah do bear in mind that this is one approach to faith um it's a very interesting one i think so yeah i will catch you on the other end uh with some more resources and stuff if you want to go into these things a bit deeper um but you know if that's not your thing that's cool as well okay um <laughs> and one final disclaimer is that the audio on this is not great i'm not gonna lie uh, it's via skype which is notoriously bad quality i've tried to doctor it a little bit from my limited editing skills um but yeah hopefully it's it's bearable and uh yeah i'll catch you on the other side bye okay uh so donald and i have known each other our whole lives um and we became friends a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, i didn't like you before then so yeah and i also you're a bit weird uh, oh thanks man um it was, the feeling was mutual anyway um <laughs> We became good friends a couple of years ago, kind of at the beginning of college. Um, we bonded over our shared love of quiet pints mm-hmm. and playing the devil's advocate. 
And um, sometimes not so quiet pints, but yeah, know. sometimes kind of yeah. rowdy, Ma- rowdy pints. <laughs> That's what you like to hear. <laughs> and uh, just generally arguing about topics we have no expertise in. Yeah, just all around good crack. Someone I like to talk to, and um, we often talk about these kinds of topics. So uh, thanks for being here, Donald. No worries at all. So Donald, obviously I know you. Um, I know um that our backgrounds are very similar. But I was wondering, could you <laughs> give me a bit of your background, just explain to me, like with regards to faith, what has been your sort of experience um, as, as a young person? Sure, that's absolutely fine. And the thing is, I think you said it yourself, and I'm going to reiterate um, just as a disclaimer and probably to just protect myself in this area, is that I really am no expert. I'm very far from it in areas of faith and matters of faith. But the funny thing is about the concept of faith itself is that that isn't a requirement to be an expert. It can definitely help and you should probably get what you what you believe in and um, I suppose your your wisdom from people of knowledge. But everyone has to have their own individual faith. So oftentimes I struggle with the idea of, you know, not being smart enough and not being learned enough to actually have these conversations. But that's a bad road to go down because then you never end up having one of the most important conversations in my mind that you should and can have. So uh, so there's the little disclaimer there anyway, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for myself, um, very similar to yourself, Ron, like you said, um, I was born and raised Catholic. Um, some people say you, you're not born Catholic. Um, you're you're born non-denominational or, or nothing, you could say. Um, but, yeah, raised Catholic anyway. Uh, come from a strong faith background um, or a background of faith and um, quite an ecumenical background as well which I think you discussed with Katie before in one of your previous episodes means that uh, I'm a, it, it was a Christian environment um, and I was very much in Christian circles, but um, not specifically Catholic. Um, but the majority of my, of my surroundings would be a Catholic. Having said that, um, the environment that I was brought up in which I was brought up wasn't specifically, you know, it wasn't kind of your stereotypical Catholic um, environment. We weren't very big into like devotions and the rosary, like you might, I say, I'd say stereotypically think, you know, the Irish Catholic would be into. Uh, we more um, just looked at things like uh, passages in the Bible and, um, you know, try to maybe garner some meaning from them and things like that. Um, but for myself, um, growing up, it was a bit different, I suppose, um, to some people. I, I, I guess some people are in, in, in one, one side or the other on this issue. But for me, faith was less about a personal relationship and more about, um, I suppose, uh, knowing or having actual reasoning behind believing in God. Um, okay. So I've, I've often had this discussion with people because I know you've talked about having a personal relationship with God, which maybe not everyone would be familiar with. But some people say that a personal relationship com- comes first and, um, yeah. you know, the reasoning comes second. I'm a strong advocate for the opposite, is that I think you need to have a strong foundation and a reason that you believe in God or whatever you believe in, um, what be it, <laughs> be it nothing as well. Um, and, and then a personal relationship should come after. So I think that's really important to note, I suppose, from where I was coming from. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely very involved with my faith. I think people, more people 
around me knew I was at times than I did myself. Um, <laughs> so I guess, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much my background. And then coming up and growing up, I, I never really, to be honest, was fully 100% behind what I was being told. Um, because I, I could see some small, what I considered to be inconsistencies. Um, and I suppose logical, I won't say logical fallacies, but logical inaccuracies in what mm-hmm. I was being told. Um, everything just didn't quite add up. And not everything does. And I suppose that's the struggle that we yeah. have with faith. Um, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that you throw the baby out with bathwater like, because w- what we're talking about is met- metaphysical, which is such a big part of people's lives and something that people need to need to address. Anyway, I'm rambling. I don't know. I think from in my experience, faith always started a bit more, you know, as a young child was a lot more about sort of feeling a relationship. And I think it's so interesting that um, you came from it from much more of a a logical kind of way. Um, I think it speaks a lot about sort of how how you view the world and look at the world. And I think it's, it's a really, it's a good thing um, sometimes. So for you, Faith came first um, as sort of what you believe before it was um, sort of a more spiritual, emotional, experiential thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. that's that. Cool. That's that was predominantly now where where I kind of wanted it to come from, um, because yeah. I never understood um, a personal relationship um, with with a deity uh, and just for me the, the the natural progression of things would be reason first relationship later um and yeah i and and i guess that doesn't sit well with some people and i'm not saying i'm right and Mm -hmm. oftentimes i actually envy people who seem to be able to have such an easy personal relationship with someone that they don't really know is there um but that's just how it happened for me anyway i guess uh jumping into more of the deep (laughs) Yeah. Not that we're not there already, but like, what was your main struggle with faith? In in a way, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, the only thing you struggle with, but you know, something that for you, um, sort of shook your um your beliefs. I know you you mentioned there some inconsistencies, maybe something along those lines, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that. That was really the the. They are the biggest things that 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 have and still do shake whatever faith I have um I think predominantly it's things that and I always have to be careful when I'm thinking um in in these ways because I need to be careful not to dismiss um the entire idea of faith while um trying to kind of I suppose tease out my own doubts and where I'm where I fall down um so I guess the, the the things that I personally have pro- that that I started taking issue with when I was probably about fifteen or sixteen, um, well, fun- first and foremost, I looked around at a lot of my peers, and nearly all of my very close friends were also quite Christian because I grew up in quite a tight knit Christian circle. Um, yeah. the, the 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 first thing was that none of them really seemed to have any grasp on on why they believed what they believed. It was just given. Now I'm I'm not casting you know any kind of uh, any aspersions on on people like that, but because I I, I but that's just how I felt anyway. Personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I started looking into a couple of these things myself, and you know um I I came across some arguments um maybe 
for the uh for, for the possibility that God didn't didn't exist, which was really scary because um and I think we've talked about this before, but I think it's important for people to understand that when you have such a strong conviction that someone is there and that exists, and when that conviction is challenged, it's almost like you're losing one of your best friends. Um, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people when they lose faith feel a real sense of actual loss, like oh, grief, you know. Hundred percent. Like it's and it, it it's different than even losing a friend because if you lose a friend, you still know that they exist. But with but with God and you, if you lose your faith, you you lose a sense that the, the person no longer goes away. It doesn't just go away that they cease to exist. And and you start questioning the things that you said to yourself and the things that you said to God um, previously, yeah. because you're now saying, OK, well, he doesn't exist, you know, and you start rethinking maybe decisions that you made or. Um, things that you could have done and, and I suppose decisions mm. you made for God that maybe you could have made otherwise um, and maybe your life would have been better better um, yeah and not only that you're you're questioning you know the people that you look up to you know your parents your 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 community the people you look to for wisdom and um, and it makes you question you know the motives of religion as well when you start to when you start questioning some of the building blocks deep down a lot of a lot of it can fall down if you're not if you're not careful you know well that's it yeah that that's fundamentally it and um and when i started having these questions i i in my own mind i had to i had to do myself justice and i had to i had to do the question justice so i went back to the fundamentals um and you know i went back to the very 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 beginning so i was saying okay well you know the classic question: Can something come from nothing? Um, and this, there's there's a very famous set of arguments for God's existence called um, the uh, it, they're Aquinas's arguments, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are five reasons for faith, and I think the first one is called the cosmological argument, if I'm okay. not mistaken, or maybe they're called the cosmological um, arguments. Um, but anyway, what it is, is the idea that there can't be what's known as an infinite regression, which means essentially, um, in, lame, in quote unquote layman's terms, um, that something can't come from nothing. So it's, it's, it's if something is a way it's put is if things are moving, then there must have been an initial mover. Um, so yeah. that was fundamentally where I, I started from. And this is the question that's asked so often. It's saying, okay, well, let's say the Big Bang exists, and personally, I, I believe it did. Um, what caused it? Um, so for me, that was kind of it's it's do you believe that someone caused it or not? Um, and that was really the question that I had to that I had to tackle. And fundamentally, and I suppose ultimately, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But for a while, I was satisfied by saying, no, that's a good argument. And um, there must be there must be a mover. So to say that the Big Bang exists um, because of someone was fine. So I said, okay, well, there must have been a creator. So that's the first question that I had to ask myself. And then the second question is, okay, if there is a creator, who created? Um, so I often, and, and then once I started kind of going down that track, looking at, I suppose, different belief systems, now not too indefinitely now, I have to, I have to admit, but and there's something about the Christian faith that 
is, I suppose, a little more unique um, than the others that I've seen and I've talked about, which is that ultimately it's about loving your neighbor and it's about love and it's about sacrifice. Um, because the ultimate, um, I suppose, the person that we look up to the most is Jesus, who laid down his life for. Yeah, he is like the symbol of sacrifice. You know, it, exactly, yeah. and that's that's very unusual. That's something that needs to be, I suppose, pointed out. That's really unusual in 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 a belief system that the that the Creator, in fact, laid down or sacrificed himself for the created. Um, really mm. unusual. So that was quite, that was quite attractive and unique, I suppose, for for um, Christianity when I looked at it. Um, so ultimately, it came down to something quite quite interesting. I forget who said it, but there's a mathematician um, who said this. I think it might have been Euler. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone knows who he is, um, I'd have to I'd have to double check this quote to see if it was him. But he said something along the lines of "God made the integers and we did the rest," um, and that alludes to the fact that when you think about numbers. Um, we don't even know what numbers are. When you think about it, it's just like one, two, three, four. What are they? Like, did they always exist? Um, or did we just make them? Was it a construct? Um, yeah. And we, we can't prove that in mathematics. Um, so, but we can prove things with the numbers. Um, so what we need to do is we need to make one initial and fundamental assumption that these numbers exist. And then everything else seems to fall into place. But yeah. if that assumption were to fall out, everything else that we know would also fall. So I think that's a good allegory for where I come from with my faith, which is I need to make an, an initial assumption that God created the universe or that there was even that there was a creator. And yeah. if I make that assumption, then everything else seems to fall into place. Mm-hmm. And the things um, now there's another argument to say, is God evil? And um, maybe God created the world, but he is evil. And um, now that's another that's another conversation yeah yeah it's um, a conversation that goes you know it, we could spend hours on that you know, yeah, alone. like exactly well, i think i think that is so interesting and i love the way your faith is so um it's so unique to you in how you are describing it just because like uh, you you're, you're studying maths you know yeah. and <laughs> just like numbers well i think that's um i think it's really cool as well that when, when you started questioning faith um you turn to people like Aquinas um, and I'm just wondering, like, did you have um, direction in when you, when you started asking these questions and, and, or were you very, did you, were you very much alone in just sort of questioning this yourself and finding these answers or or did you have people you could talk to or uh, someone sort of pointing you in the direction of, of thinkers like Aquinas? Um, I, I was sort of put in the direction ish um i wouldn't to be honest and this again this is attacking nobody but when i was growing up i i think there was a little i suppose flaw in the way that i was introduced to faith Mm -hmm. which is that i was never actually given any grounding in it and maybe not no grounding but very little anyway that's for sure so I personally think that these are thing, these are questions. They the first one is called the cosmological argument, by the way. Yeah. Just uh, made sure. Pull, pull that thing- up, Jamie. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I, don't <laughs> a, I don't have a Jamie. Yeah. These, these are things that we need to um, we need to look at um, because they are, you know, um, good a good basis and a good place to start for fundamentals for our faith. So to answer your question, it pretty much 
you know, was just me who uh, looked into this stuff. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there were people who would maybe, you know, talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah. But personally, I found that just like, there's so much information out there um, mm-hmm. online. So um, through predominantly uh, looking at YouTube videos and looking at discussions and debates with with some of uh, the most famous apologists and some of the most famous, um, I suppose that I, uh, they call themselves new atheists. Yeah, um, yeah, like Sam Harris and then those guys. Yeah, Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins. There's a few. Um, uh, there, there's a few YouTubers that I watch as well mm. uh, from time to time, um, who who are in the same boat as that. Uh, and um, uh, Bishop Robert Barron is very good on the other side. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a few. I think another guy called Frank Turk is that his name? Anyway, um, but yes, so. That was really where I got mo- a lot of my information from, um, and whether or not that was good, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's great. I like it's just to have the access to that information, um, and well, I think something that that's important to note in these conversations is that, like, obviously, um, you're someone who like who asks these questions, and and I think you're almost um, it's almost in in your nature to kind of ask quite logical and, and almost theological questions you know what I mean so but some people if you use the the sort of metaphor you're using off the numbers some a lot of people you know use maths all the time and and they see um how it works and mm. the benefits of it you know and the products um and how useful it is and and they don't question like oh well what are numbers which is quite a metaphysical question yeah um you know actually had <laughs> a metaphysics class and mm. they talked about water numbers, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I never <laughs> thought about this before. I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I but, love um, it. But, you know, and, and that's not a, a bad thing as well. Like, yeah. um, for me, um, some examples for me of people who have a faith, um, um, what some people call a, a, like a, a childlike faith or a simple faith, I, I, I don't particularly like those terms for it but you know like my, my grandmother was someone who was very much lived out her faith um mm. and that in its own way so so I, I guess what, what I'm having these conversations I, I don't want to say um that that kind of faith isn't um beautiful and important and incredible as well um mm. I'm just have more of a propensity towards asking these questions uh, similarly to you so I think it is important for for uh, people who um you know who call themselves people of faith um to you know if they're starting to ask these questions look, look into them you know because there is so much out there you know like you know we can just hop on youtube <laughs> oh for sure there's there's like on, it, it's it's so true um what people say that we are in an age where you actually don't have an excuse to be ignorant um now i'm not saying that i'm i'm amazing at this to at remaining you know, uh, learned and informed because I'm not. But um, I think with so much information out there, you just can't really say anymore with any decent excuse. I just don't know. And I'll never know because there's so much, there's so much you can look at and read. So it's great. I think it's good. And I guess to, um, to ask, would you consider yourself now a personal? Yeah, I, I, I think... I like to think so. Um, I, 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 myself and yourself talk about talk about Jordan Peterson a lot, 
Um, and one of my favorite quotes of his, and you, you know it as well, is that I act as if God exists mm. and I'm terrified that he might. Um, and I like that a lot. Now, I don't completely buy into it, but I like the 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 um, the, the, the start of it, which is I act as if God exists. Um, just because um, what from what I've seen, um, the people now this might just be confirmation bias because most of the people I know are Christian. But the best people that I know in my life are Christian. Um, and um, it seems to have a very powerful and very selfless message. Um, so really, and I've heard a lot of discussions about this as to whether or not religion is evil. But for now, um, it seems like all else being equal, one of the best ways to go about life is using Christian philosophy and Christian teaching. So that's kind of where I fall in it right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's cool. Um, I definitely think, yeah, like that, that quote you're saying really does, I really like that metaphor in the numbers actually. Uh, yeah. I think, it, you know, you, you can act as if numbers exist because you can, you can see them and you can use them and you can work with them um, without, you know, in the meantime, while you're trying to figure out whether or not they, they exist or not and have those discussions. Um, for me, it was something like when I was questioning my faith, I, I didn't know um, what to do in a way you know i was like mm. okay well now i don't know if there's a god do, do i still like go to these christian stuff do i yeah do i start like do i can i keep going like yeah what I know. do i do um so but i guess for you what what's like so i think it is cool that like you can question these things deeper down but also still act uh, out your your faith your personal faith um mm be that uh, Christian or, or whatever your your chosen faith is um and sort of that idea of just for the meantime like acting as if God exists and mm. you know continuing on the journey um as you're working on on the, those deeper questions um right what what brings you back to faith you know despite these struggles despite having to go and you know look at Aquinas uh, that seems like a lot of effort mm. um and and why why is it that you you do this um well I suppose it's just the thing inside my head that just never goes away I think that's that's a big um uh that's a big part of it it's funny I've heard people say this about other issues but for me this is this is one um for me is that I I, I want to not care you know, I really want to not care. Mm -hmm. And I want to just say, you know what, it's grand. I'll just leave it alone. Um, I'll just do whatever and I'll forget about God, that God exists. Um, and the, there, there was a campaign about 10 years ago, um, maybe about 10 or 15 years ago with the signs on buses and things like that saying, um, uh, God probably doesn't exist. Um, now, go go ahead and live your life. Um, or something along those lines I think people might remember those signs um, I can't mm -hmm. I can't do that because there's still the possibility um, that God that God exists and it's not just a tiny possibility it's actually when you when you think about it and when you when you go into it a little bit more it's actually quite a strong possibility and the fact that this question never goes away in our society suggests that if, if the possibility that God exists was so small um, we wouldn't be having this conversation so I guess that's a big reason that I keep going back to it. Another reason is, um, and this might seem sort of a cop-out, and personally, I don't think it's a great reason, 
but um, be that as it may, um, is the utilitarian um, reason for believing. Um, and this kind of comes back to that I act as if God exists point um, and what you were saying just before about, um, I suppose, uh, why should I keep going to things if, if I'm doubting my faith, which is, um, yeah, if the, the, the idea of uh, the word utilitarian um, means basically uh, it, it, the, the utility that you gain from it um, should should govern your decisions. Um, and people say we should live in a utilitarian society where um, decisions should be made based on how much utility or how much, uh, I suppose, positive gain you get from a situation or a decision. And the same thing can be said of faith um, in this aspect, which is, um, well, I seem to, you know, living life as a person of faith seems to be pretty cool. Um, and it seems to, you know, get me things that I want, or maybe it seems to make me a better person, or fundamentally, I suppose it makes me happy. Yeah. Um, fundamentally, so, maybe it gives gives meaning. meaning exactly, it gives meaning. You, know? you might not know what the meaning is, but it gives some sort of meaning. So the utility mm. that I gain from from being a person of faith is enough to continue being so. Now, people, people, quite rightly, and I suppose. Um, it's a very good point to say, well, that's not really faith, you know. Okay. If all yeah. you're if all you're doing is going back to it just because it's it's good and because mm -hmm. it makes you feel nice, um, and and to a degree, I I believe them. Having said that, it's kind of it's a bit of a paradox because that in itself is a reason that people believe in God because people say they look for the evidence of faith, and a, a common analogy used is that you don't see the wind blowing, but you see the effect that it has. So I suppose in maybe imagine a courtyard um, where there are trees all around you and you see the trees rustling. Well, you can't see the, the wind, um, but you can see that shaking the trees. I don't love the analogy, but it ties into what I'm saying because I can see the effect that my faith has. And I can see the yeah. effect that it has on other people and that it has on me. So the utility in and of itself or the gain that I get from it is actually an argument for God itself. So it's funny. It's a funny little circle. It's it's a bit of a paradox, like yeah. I said, but utilitarian approach can can be quite comforting to me and, and to many people as well. So that's that's another reason that I would come back to it. That's cool. No, really, I, I think when, when you start to question very deep down about God and, and his existence, or, or um, I think there's two things you come to. One is that, um, well, <laughs> it's hard to know. You know, it's mm. you can't fully be certain. Um, and I guess that's always why it's called faith and not just knowing. Um, exactly. Yeah. But also for me, the second thing it brings up is that like, well, this is an important thing. And it's obviously something that um, has been a question for thousands and thousands of years. It's, it's, it's a real part of the human condition to um, look for meaning and to put their faith into things. Um, so yeah, like, but I think when, when times get tough, yeah, I think it can, it can make you question and expose these deeper questions. And, um, I think often if you don't have, if you haven't thought about them in times where it's not terrible, it, it can be hard to find an answer for those, for those hard times. Um, well, that what people say is, you know, your faith isn't really much of a faith if you only have it when times are good. Um, because then you're kind of 
you're picking and choosing. You're saying, oh, well, God must exist when, when my life is going well, but doesn't exist when it's not. Um, and, and that's something that I've struggled with myself um, a lot. But yeah, I think that that's exactly, uh, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, cool. Well, um, look, we've talked for like half an hour, but I guess we could talk a little bit more and then I can just, you know, edit it out if, if it's too long. Um, yeah. I also I was, I was wondering, um, like, how, where does spirituality come into this for you? I know we've talked a lot about, um, mm. we've talked a lot about the logical side and sort of the theological side. And that for me is something that I find very important. That's sort of, uh, I'm more comfortable, I guess, yeah. in that realm. Um but a part of faith and, and religion and, and these these traditional beliefs that I can't deny is is that spiritual spiritual side of life. Um, and yeah, I guess what, what has been your experience with spirituality in a way? Um, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, and it's a loaded question as well. Um, spirituality is something that is insanely, insanely alien to me. Um I, I like to think, and again, this is the sense vain because I suppose it is, but I like to think everything can be explained um with the with the reasonable, let's say, um, or with yeah. the with the rational is a better word. Um and I this is why spirituality is such a it's it's such a funny one for me because I the evidence for spirituality at times can be quite compelling. Mm-hmm. Um but then people can make arguments for it um, that would convince me otherwise. Um, things to do with a, a very common argument is um, about, uh, whatchamacallit, what's it called? Um, I always forget this word, altruism. There you go. Um, spirituality yeah. is, is quite tied to altruism, in my opinion. Um, the idea that someone can do something just purely because it's a good thing to do um, and not seeking out any um, personal gain. And mm-hmm. an altruistic outlook on life completely goes in in the face of what I was talking about with the with the utilitarian outlook in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think altruistic um, an altruistic outlook is is quite similar to a spiritual outlook. Now I'm perfectly open to correction on that. I, I'm okay. not saying I'm right in that at all. But the reason I say it is that altruism it 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 means that you're doing something just purely for the good of someone else, which means that you are inherently a good person um, and to say that someone is good is quite a spiritual thing and um, to say that someone is basically doing something that actually goes against their instinct and that goes against their nature um which is to survive um, and, I'm, and, and I'm not talking about maybe the concept of say okay yeah. I'm do something nice yeah. for them in case they do something nice for me because that's not mm-hmm. true altruism True altruism means knowing that you're you're getting no gain from this mm-hmm. except except to do something good. Okay, um, so so in a way you're kind of you're talking about spirituality as 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 in someone having a soul and a spirit that's beyond you know just natural instincts and in, in like inherent um, desires to succeed or um, you know gain resources and that kind of way. Exactly, that's correct? exactly what okay. I'm talking about. And, okay, and the reason is. Um, that I think that for me hints the the idea of altruism hints at the totally unreasonable or like I said the irrational mm-hmm. and so for me if if that exists and I believe that it does from what I see around me yeah. um, and it's a it's a it's a really really good debate to have as to whether or not people can can act altruistically 
um, if it exists, that means that there is something within people that is irrational. And and the word rational literally is 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 very it's very similar to reason. Um, I think it comes from this it comes from the idea the, the word ratio, which is um, oh god, I'd love to look up the etymology of it right now. <laughs> but there you go. But it's very linked to the word reason. Um, yeah. so for the irrational to exist, if altruism exists, which I believe it does, that means the irrational exists, yeah. which means that I think there is an inherent spirituality, which I just simply cannot explain. Well, I think um, that's really in- interesting because, you know, you're talking here about um, the irrational, um, mm. which I think other people call the absurd. Or mm. um, And I think for me, when I look at the world, if there's one thing I can be certain of, it's the irrationality of it. And that, that could, a lot of it comes from my lack of understanding of the systems and things that are happening in the world. Um mm. But I think there is a huge part of the world that is very logical and rational. And I think, you know, physics and, and you know, the, the uh, traditional sciences very much um, reflect that. But mm. to me, those are very, like, you know, when, when, even when you start questioning some of the underpinnings of them, like no one knows what's at the bottom of physics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like how you you sort of put together the idea of the absurd um, with the idea of the spirit and sort of um, showing how, you know, things aren't all rational. And I think that's what's, you know, for me, what's great about faith. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's almost, it's not an alternative mm. to these like r- logical, rational ways of thinking because it does include them, but it's, that's not the be all and end all my personal faith is not a theological argument mm. um, and it's not a logical argument it's it's a blend of all the different ways of understanding worlds you know and it, it it's it's very human in that way um, mm. it's got the rational and very much the irrational <laughs> experiential faith that and, and I do find the irrational harder um, other people are very comfortable in that and they just embrace that irrational and uh, I it. think that's great you know um mm. Well, I think that's something that was good for me. Like when I read um, Camus, mm-hmm. um, what's Camus' first name? Albert? I don't know. Um, Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, French philosopher Camus, who I thought his name was Camus, but you know, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that was an awkward philosophy class. Anyway, um, he, I think I like, I don't like his conclusions, but I, I like how he kind of, he puts the world in, into two camps and he says, well, you know, on one side, you make a leap of faith. Um, and you go for meaning um, and you say like well this doesn't really rationally make sense but I'm going to go for it or you see that the world is absurd and crazy and this leads you to what he thought ultimately suicide because <laughs> wow <laughs> it's just a bit dark I know but yeah you know to suffer is is terrible mm. and it is is horrible but to suffer meaninglessly is is unbearable yeah um, so I think I like how Camus thought and had to split the world into those two camps. And his conclusion was that um, we have to embrace the absurd, em- embrace the fact that life is meaningless and that it's tedious. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he uses the myth of what's that guy who pushes the big rock up the hill? Atlas, I think. Is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, or Atlas, no, sorry. Atlas holds the rock on his, holds the world on his shoulders. No, it's the other guy. It begins with S. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
nice someday i'll have like my actual references for these things <laughs> but uh, yeah he's like his tedious task of pushing the rock up the hill and then coming back down and pushing it back up that's his um sort of task for all eternity and he says that that's the human condition and mm-hmm. now i i disagree with him on that level because when i look at victor frankl um and he talks about people inherently needing meaning I think there has to be some link between people needing meaning um, and delighting in it and looking for it and feeling fulfilled by it. Um, yeah. And um, there perhaps being a meaning then out there. Um, but maybe that is just another level of absurdity, <laughs> you know? No, that's, that's, that's yeah. a, that's, that's a really, fa- um, that's actually quite a, a famous argument again, the one about reason and the idea that, if, if if reason exists or if the need or the want for reason exists then the reason itself must exist and yeah. the, uh, the there's there's two takes on that either um well three i suppose um either that's just the way it is um or maybe reason does exist um which which points to god or thirdly maybe god does exist and he's just being really really mean and he's giving everyone this inherent <laughs> desire and search for meaning when it's not actually there that for me is the worst case scenario um but yeah. but but it is it is a good argument it's a good question grand so i feel like we've been chatting for a while so i should mm. probably wrap it up but well, there's, there's loads there loves we haven't so hit, much, so, so, it's, it's so funny like i was like oh what the hell are we going to talk about but then um uh you know you just get into a conversation and, and it just goes the time fills up so quickly, I know. Um, but yeah, listen, thanks so much for talking to me. Um, I guess what I'll say to wrap up is that, you know, faith is a very complex and multifaceted thing. And uh, I, I'd love to chat to you about your sort of more logical, rational, theological approach. And um, I think maybe some people who are struggling with um, their faith can maybe look to Aquinas or some of the people you mentioned. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, thanks so much for talking to me. No worries at all. And as I say, that's a very deeply flawed look at uh, at my faith <laughs> with the with the logical background. Um, I'm definitely open to correction. So if anyone has any resources, let me know. And uh, after this, the audio gets somewhat unsalvageable. But yeah, we just finish off by saying, you know, if this is something you're interested in, you know, look into it. There's so many resources out there. Um, I think Thomas Aquinas is a great person to start on if you want to look at arguments, logical arguments for a belief in God. Um, he is a philosopher, a Catholic priest from the 13th century, and he's very much inspired by Enlightenment values to write about his rationale for having the belief he does in a God. Um, and then, of course, the new atheists. I think you always should look at the other side of these things, too. You know, there's Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens. Um, Richard Dawkins, I think they're three of the most famous guys and there's so much of their, their you know, you can get their books but there's so much of their debates and stuff on YouTube as well if you want to look into them yeah, and then some more modern people on the other side I'd say Jordan Peterson Carl Jung, Rene Girard Victor Frankl, you know, all people I've talked about a little bit before Thomas Campbell does some great work on comparative mythology and, and sort of the benefits and, and, and the deep symbolism that we have within religion, Um. Yeah, you know, just some people, you know, there's Kierkegaard as well, but he's kind of hard to read um, as, a, as a philosopher. So, you know, there's so much out there. And I guess more generally, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I would just encourage you to, to go for it, look into it. You know, these are some of the 
deepest and most complex and, and I think most interesting questions you can ask. Um, so I would encourage you to look into them if you can, regardless of what faith background you come from, regardless of whether you think there is a God or you think there isn't a God. You know, think about these things because they're well worth your time. And if you're someone who, who needs to look into literature, do that. There's so much out there. If you're someone who needs to think and contemplate and come to their own understanding in their own heart, do that as well. You know, take the time. It's so worth it. Um, this is a weird time we're living in right now. This this quarantine, this lockdown, it's strange. Uh, I think a lot of people are struggling. <laughs> um, it, it's weird. I'm not going to lie. The distractions of normal life are kind of stripped away and you're sort of left thinking about a lot of a lot of existential stuff and you know maybe we could take this time to do that um anyway regardless I, I, my thoughts and my prayers and my love go out to all of you and i hope you're staying well i hope you're staying healthy thank you for listening to this and supporting me i, I really really do appreciate it and i hope to make more content as soon as possible now that i've figured out how to use skype so you know don't be surprised if i hit you up for an interview soon <laughs> Um, listen until that happens until next time um, you know stay well and stay stay green bye